Welcome in. It is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast brought to you by BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. And we are almost there. We're so close. Ben Mock days. Ben Mock days. Desmond Ritter days. Yeah, but I, I wasn't putting any current players up. I know. You've been taking us on a trip down memory lane. For nobody, your nobody, nobody asked me about yesterday's. I was kind of surprised. Who'd you use yesterday? One of my favorite players from the last 10 years. That was number 10. You would know. I didn't see it, so. AT. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate. There, there <laughs> it's weren't unfortunate. a lot of 10 options. Yeah, not a lot of great 10s. Um, At least that I could think of and look up, but got some good ones coming up. All right. Well, let's get right to it. We are joined this week by none other than our good friend, Anthony DeFino. And uh, Anthony, welcome in. Thanks for having me again. Excited to be here. Oh, it's it's always a blast. It's, we're a it's we're great. a ball of fun. That's right. I, I had, you know, you know how coaches circle uh, the games they got to win. I had to circle on my uh, on my calendar for a month. <laughs> Excited. <laughs> All right, let's get it going, Dave. This is uh, this is as always your area of expertise. So I uh, I turn the reins over to you. And uh, I'll chime in when necessary. No worries. Obviously, uh, we are nine days away from the season opener of a hugely anticipated Bearcats season. Just start out with, like, since you didn't really experience any of last year, what are you most looking forward to? You know, it's um, you you get to campus every day, and my my office overlooks this empty stadium. I'm most looking forward to just having people in the stadium and bringing it to life. Like it's, it's just kind of there, but I have a feeling when you put 30,000 plus in there, it starts to get its heartbeat and it's breathing. And like, now that I see students back on campus walking around, I mean, it's awesome. I'm excited for it to actually see it full and uh, you know, see people eating hot dogs, drinking beers and watching football. Awesome. I know I'm, I'm excited for all those things as well. You mentioned getting fans back in the stadium where, and we get this a lot on the board and I figured I would just wait to ask you, where do things stand as far as season ticket numbers? I know that they, there was a release saying that they, uh, I don't know if I say this right, sold out of student tickets, but there's still a few more left. How can, how are things going? How, you know, how can you update our fans on all that? Well, I, I think our goal, I won't say it's accomplished yet, but we still have nine days, but our goal was to be very aggressive in our approach. You know, we had our new sales team come in led by Bria McLaurin. Uh, we had four account executives that, that reported to her and did a great job. They were making 80, 90 phone calls a day. Uh, the student number was awesome because you know, the highest that I saw in our records in terms of student season tickets sold was about 4,300. Uh, I just got a note that, uh, overall student number we're about 5700 now wow so not only did we fill up the actual student section we we took some sections and made it what i i, I don't want to call it overflow i want to call it an additional few hundred tickets that we could sell to our students uh, you know, it's it's an awesome problem to have when you have such high demand from a, a student population and you know it's 
great to be able to make that room for students who, if you're an incoming first year or second year, you didn't have that experience. You know, your, your juniors and seniors have been to a game there. Uh, so being able to accommodate as many students as possible, that that's great for us because that's the student experience. I mean, it's where they're supporting student athletes. They're there having fun watching their, their peers participate. Um, so I, I'm, I'm glad we were able to find some room for them. Um, I think we're running out of room, so it's going to be hard to find more room, but to be almost at that number of students that are going to be able to come and watch our games, we're excited. And that really propelled um, our total number of season tickets out. So without comps, we're over 21,000 seasons out. And the highest we've ever been, we've never hit 19,000 before. Combined, never. you're saying. Combined. So when you add the students and the new season tickets and the renewals, never hit 20. We, we've never hit 19,000, yet alone 21,000 plus. So I think you're going to see um, you're going to see a lot of people in Nippert having fun, enjoying Bearcats football. Well, that is uh, it's awesome to hear. I know I will be one of them speaking more into enjoying Bearcats football. What are some things that game day experience wise, Nippert Stadium wise, that will be either updated, enhanced, new that fans should look for when they get back into the stadium next Saturday? This was so I've never been to a game. <laughs> so right. let's, let's start there. I, you know, for, for me, we've listened as hard as we could over the last six, seven months. Um, you know, I, I think last time I was on this podcast, it's like, if you have ideas, reach out. If you right. have any, if you have anything. And I, I think there, there were some great ideas that came about. Uh, you know, some we, we are going to try to implement ASAP. You know, we did our surveying. We're going to try to imp implement this year. Some are a little bit more mid-range. Some are long-term. Uh, but just, you know, simple things that I think we could control. Um, music volume. You know, I, one major complaint that we saw in surveys was that the volume to the music was too high. Um, you know, I'll tell you pregame when football is out there warming up. Hey, you know, that's their time. It's their time to get hype. Music might be a little loud, but as we go in game, uh, one, I think we're going to lean on the band a heck of a lot more. Uh, so you'll hear a lot more of the band. Um, and two, we're, we're going to be cognizant of the volume at which we play our audio. And, you know, we understand we're, we're a single-sided speaker. Um, you know, we don't have that stereo output, um, but we're going to do our best to try to balance that and, and recognize that that was a, a major fan complaint. Uh, you know, as you look towards concessions, I think that was another piece on our survey that, you know, the concourses would get jammed up a little bit because concession lines would be pretty long. We've worked with our concessionaire Aramark and I believe we're, we're adding over 20 points of sale um, and some hawkers. So I think you'll see some things that are, are a little different in terms of the opportunity to purchase. Hopefully the throughput of a fan in a, a concession line would be a little quicker. Uh, looking at some more grab and go options, uh, more package deals. So 
you know, you're not waiting in line saying, I need a hamburger, I need a French fries, I need, you say, hey, I want combo one. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of these things that, that are aimed to help speed up uh, the service levels. The, the parking, I, I've just been amazed at how fast our season parking uh, really sold out and we had to keep finding additional options. So you'll, you'll see from our perspective, hopefully a lot more mapping of our, our wayfinding. Uh, so you'll, you know, in our game, game day guides, our A to, A to Z guides, you'll see a lot more maps in terms of working on traffic flow. You know, we, we worked with the county, state, uh, and campus level uh, law enforcement with our parking folks to try to really hone in on times to get in and times to get out of the garages, trying to really make that experience a little bit better. Again, I think that's probably more medium range, really trying to fix it. But this year, uh, we're going to put some things in place that could hopefully help uh, speed up the process a little bit. But I think fans got to know when when you're coming to campus and you're parking in garages, it, it's going to take some time to get in and out. And, and I think the earlier sh- you show up, you know, I think you're not going to be fighting traffic 30 minutes prior to game time. Uh, we really encourage our fans to get there an hour and a half, two hours earlier and understanding at the end of the game, you know, we're, we're going to monitor a lot. I think I'll probably be outside of a lot of parking garages, right? <laughs> right. When the game lets out to really get an understanding of how we can help uh, move some traffic along, move pedestrians into areas that, um, you know, really won't stop the flow of traffic. So those are the things we're, we've been starting to look at and trying to implement. Uh, again, it won't be 100% of the way there. We're going to ask for some patience from our fans, but also more feedback. Uh, so these are the things we're, we're starting to hone in on. From a tailgating standpoint, obviously the grid is well known. Is that setup going to be pretty much what fans are expect have been, could become expected you know, accustomed to, is there new family activities, new food trucks, anything like that? Any other new tailgate um, stuff that's going to be going on? For, for that area, I believe we're, we're kind of as is um, what fans would expect last year. There, there are a few enhancements that we're working with some of our sponsors on. Um, I think you'll see some of those in place. I, I can't, I can't call them out at this point because we're still finalizing it sure. again. Uh, but I think as you get there in, in game one, there's a few things that you'll be like, wow, this is at least th- this is cool. This is like a big game, every game. Um, if you, if you, you know, take our mindset off the grid for a second, uh, we are going to do more in the shoe or, you know, try to keep that going as well. We heard that was important for some, some fans. So between those two places, I think you get a little bit of whatever you need whether you want to be outdoors and, you know, have your own tailgate spot or, uh, you know, listen to a DJ or band. And then if you want to go indoors, you know, stay out of the elements, grab a, grab a drink or watch, uh, watch game day on TVs. Uh, that's we're, we're trying to go for the indoor outdoor effect. Now I'm glad you brought that up just because I don't want to cross any lines with the, you know, NDA that I signed, but we had talked about, <laughs> Uh, the return of kind of the indoor tailgating at the shoe. And did you, has there been a decision? Is that going to be for every game? I know we had kind of talked about maybe as the weather turned colder, you know, is that something that's going to be 
publicized out to the fan base or you know, how's that, what stage is that kind of in right now? It, it will be publicized. I think we're, we're finalizing a few things here. Um, and I know we're nine days away from the season, but with, uh, with the knowledge and hopefully this is, I don't want to say it's common knowledge. It might be some news, but the Cascaller won't be oper- operating mm-hmm. uh, for football game day. So we, you know, that made our decision much easier to keep the shoe tailgate going. I, originally we were planning on, okay, let's, let's think about it for later games. Uh, potentially, you know, the September games, a little warmer. Um, but once we, we heard the Cascaller was not operating, then it was an easy decision to say, okay, let's, Let's do our best to keep the shoe tailgate up and running, giving people all options uh, to to congregate before a game. What what are you envisioning that to look like inside? Is the concession stands and, and bars open, like uh, game multiple games, or is you know one just the one game or whatever on the big the big screen? How do how do you see that unfolding? Oh man, you're asking the tough questions here. Uh, you know, I I, I would hope multiple points of sale, um, you know, depending what's going on in there. You, if I have a, a wish list of what could happen in there, it's really getting some of our, our other teams incorporated into kind of an, a fan experience, um, whether it's getting the women's basketball team out to do a meet and greet or sign autographs or, you know, meet the volleyball team, things like that, that could happen um, in that area. I think that'd be neat. Uh, my goal is to, try to get multiple games on TVs, especially if we have a later kick post noon, because, you know, prior to noon, you're really just getting game day right. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, afternoon, you know, if we have a three o'clock kick, you're hoping five or six games could be uh, on some monitors throughout. But um, yeah, I really think that comes back to the technology and just making sure I, I don't want to overcommit here, but if I had a wish list, yes, we would have multiple games on our televisions take us a little bit behind the curtain as far as what goes into producing now that the espn plus component is out there on the university side of producing the games how you guys go about deciding times for the games just kind of since that's all kind of new and we don't really know exactly I mean, I don't really know exactly how in depth it gets from the university standpoint. Like what does all of that look like from your guys side of things when they're going to be producing this game a week from Saturday? It, it really depends on the sport. So, you know, our, our partnership with CCM and, and the school and athletics and uh, working through this ESPN plus piece. One, I will say the most important thing I think we could do as a fan base right now a uh, few things, buy season tickets, buy tickets, support this team, get ESPN plus. If, if we could show that Cincinnati has some of the highest viewership numbers across the ESPN plus uh, platform, I, I think that really is an advantage for, for Cincinnati overall. It shows we the have, strength of our fan base. We have fans talking about how they're now going to leave their TVs on ESPN plus when and then when they so when they go to the game it's still showing up that they're watching it at home I, it's a smart move uh <laughs> you know, turn on turn on all tvs um and your cell phone while you're at the game uh it it really is important that we focus on espn plus but i'll get back to your your question um because it's important 
when when there's a football game to this magnitude, ESPN will still send directors, producers, talent. Sure. Um, because it's a college football game. The trend is though that um, it it might go the way of what they do for our our basketball games, men and women's basketball games, and the other games we produce is that that's going to be on the school to produce. I, I think that's not too far off in the future. So I think you'll see if, if football was something that our ESPN team actually had to produce, uh, it's full scale. I mean, you, it, you, you use every camera you have, you have two producers, you have a director, you have, you're throwing everything you have at it. Um, and it is, it is a workload. I mean, you are storytelling and you are, you're taking storylines um, for anyone that's worked in, in television production, you know, it's, it's not just guys with cameras, you have audio mixers, you have, you have a lot behind the scenes, you have your replay folks. So it, it, it's huge. And honestly, we do that every game for men's and women's basketball, full scale. Uh, they do a wonderful job. And so I, I don't think it would be too much of a stretch for our ESPN plus folks on campus to handle a football game. It's just, you know, depending on how many cameras you need to bring in, you look at those ABC games, those night games, or the, the Saturday night, 7 p.m.s, those are 40-plus cameras. <laughs> I mean, ESPN right. throws everything at it. So with an ESPN Plus game, a little different, you know, you're probably four to six cameras, um, still a full production team, uh, and, and they do a heck of a job. Uh, ultimately, we could handle it. I know we could. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not ESPN wants to cut us loose to do it. Going back a little bit into kind of the game, the game day experience as a whole, what, what is kind of your, knowing that you haven't been to a game and we <laughs> actually at first, I want to jump to this one just because it's kind of the topic of the moment. Are there any, where do we stand as far as with COVID and restrictions, not restrictions, things that fans need to be aware of going to the game? Is there still announcements to be made? Is Are we going as planned as of today? Like, how is that all shaping out right now? Yeah, th- this one, we're, we're following campus guidelines at this point, um, which is if, you, if you're vaccinated, fully vaccinated, and you're, you're outdoors, you're not required. I believe the CDC would encourage attendees to wear a mask but if you're fully vaccinated you're outdoors um don't have to wear the mask uh if you're not vaccinated you know you're required to wear the mask and face covering well well on campus in any area um all individuals indoors must wear a mask so club level spaces um you know when you get into the shoe uh, th- those areas, it is a requirement of campus to wear, wear a mask. So if you're eating food, we just encourage our fans to uh, not walk around and eat or drink. Just you know, stay standing still, you know, find a high top table or get, get to your seat, uh, especially if you're indoors. Uh, but that's where we are with a mask. It, that could change on a dime, <laughs> mm-hmm. but currently we're following campus policy. And that's what, you know, I, I I've seen students on campus. I've seen our staff uh, do this. Everyone's been great about it, you know, wearing their masks and especially, you know, indoors supporting each other. Uh, but that's 
that's where it is right now. That's what every student on campus and staff members is abiding by. All right. Um, game day experience in your mind, not perfect world, because we know that that's not real possible, but like where, where would you like to see it go in a couple of years if Anthony DeFino got pretty much everything that he wanted implemented? Like what, what's the couple, two or three main things that you're like, this is really important to me. I want to, I want to see us implement this. Man, it's so unfair because again, everything could be great in you say nine days. Um, and I, I could be blown away by what's happening. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm only going off of what fans have told me and what surveys have been telling me. I, I think there is some work to do. Um, not foolish to th think like we are perfect. Um, game day experience number one: our team always wins. <laughs> that's that's that always put them in always put them in the best position to win. And when you when you're sitting there, you can create an experience where maybe you get the other team uh, to you know have a false start. You know, on defense, jump off sides. I, I think anytime you could get the fans and encourage the fans to have that type of atmosphere, um, you're really controlling a game. So, you know, if, if we're playing music that the fans love and the band's really getting after it, and it, it's just a lively atmosphere and the students are engaged, which from everything that I hear they are, um, then that, that should be an easy one. I, I think perfect world. Certainly I want to understand, um, you know, gate entry times, concession times, restroom times, all those things that, you know, I, I, I see that could impact the fans experience. Uh, but at the same time, you know, one of the questions that you'll see on post-game surveys, we'll do a post post-game survey every game. And the first question I always ask them at my previous stops is, did you have fun? So really it's a yes or no. And our goal is to have that be yes, 100% of the time. You know, and, if it's falling below 100% of the time, we want to understand why. So if we could, you know, if it's 97%, I want to understand why that 3% didn't have fun. Um, so there's other things that would, uh, you know, in a perfect world, we understand you could have fun and still have some complaints uh, or you think we could get better and we, we want to hone in on those. So I, I think for me, it's just knowing if we can make the fan experience great, over the next few years by listening and, and investing in, in what makes sense for our fans. And um, we're just stewards for that. We just get to have fun and put it into place. But I, I like the band rocking. I, I really don't like the loud, absolutely, you know, blast your ears off music. I think that's what the band's for. Uh, you know, I just like a collegial setting, people cheering on their, their football team. So I, I think if we could get there, and again, influence the game as a fan base, then I think we're in great shape. From a going kind of back to the ESPN Plus, we know that this is the streaming and everything is is becoming a bigger and bigger part. I've heard a lot from fans just kind of trying to get an idea of how it's how is it gauged, how is it recorded by ESPN? How do we know that you know of the non-autonomous five teams, like more people watched UC games on ESPN Plus than any other school. What can we do other than, you know, is there anything you need to do other than 
have ESPN Plus and watch UC games to make sure that they know that every person is being accounted for. It's just, it's kind of just something that's like, oh, I have ESPN Plus or I don't. It's kind of just out in the ether, but I don't know if there's a lot of information of like what what's tangible, what we can do to be to be seen and heard from it. ESPN Plus, watch ESPN Plus when we're playing, and they know the rest. They don't, just don't worry about it. Just watch. Don't just watch. Um, and like some fans said to you, they'll just keep it on. Um, keep the game on when they go to the game. Uh, you know they're looking at Kali, how long you're watching. Um, you know I I know I would if you could track that date on the back end, but ultimately they're looking at viewers. So if if Cincinnati's playing a home game and we're playing Houston and we have a ton of viewers, you know, higher than normal. Okay. Houston kind of helped that number, you know, their fans who are watching on ESPN plus, but then Cincinnati has a home game and we're playing SMU and, you know, we're still high. Well, we, we know, okay. That game, you know, historically is a, not a Houston and Cincinnati basketball game, right. You know, at that level. So the more we watch home and away, they know because the trend is, oh, I wonder what's spiking all these people watching this one event. Oh, Cincinnati's playing. So they have those numbers. They have the viewership numbers um, of when we're, we're playing. And you know, if the trend is Cincinnati's always the highest and people are watching for the longest amount of time, then you know, they're looking at that saying, okay, there's a lot of value to Cincinnati fans on ESPN plus. The university should get a kickback for how their, how their fans do should be (laughs) incentivized on top of the media contract. But uh, Chad, do you, do you have anything? Hi, Chad. You've been quiet. You've been quiet over there. Well, this is this is Dave's area of expertise, so well, I like not you to. Throw that, you throw that around real, real loose. Well, I mean, you have to be an expert at something, and, and this is what uh, – how about this? This is what Dave is most passionate about. Right. <laughs> and th- here's, where I, here's where I feel guilty in this, in this, like, this line of conversation. I get a press pass. Like, I, you know, I, I, I feel bad, like, chiming in on, on ticketed things because – I haven't been ticketed and, you know, I've been doing this for 16 years. You're supposed to be unbiased, right? No cheering from the press box. Uh, supposed to be. I don't have to. Well, like, when, no. you, when you watch from the field, you don't have to worry about that. I try to behave somewhat, but, you know, there will be times if you see certain things happen and you catch me on a camera, you might see a, a little bit of a, maybe a fist pump or a, a slight clap, like. I think there's some language on the back of that pass. Just tell, you know, just making sure it's, it's subdued. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going crazy, but you might get a little, just one little fist pump here and there. <laughs> I was like the, you know, I, I, I was caught on camera. The, the Ahmad Gardner interception uh, against central Florida that flipped the momentum of that game. And I, and I got caught on a fist pump and I had to explain to people that's because I actually leaned to the person next to me and said, sauce is going to get a pick six. And on the next snap, he got a pick six and took it into the end zone. So I was more celebrating my brilliance. Yeah. Yeah. My brilliance than I was the actual result of the play. 
I'm allowed to do that, right? Absolutely. What, was that verified by the person that you were talking uh, yeah. to? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, just want to make was, sure. Yeah. I, I can... <laughs> I can track them down. They're they're a couple thousand miles away right now, but I can track them down. Well, he, he might not be a couple thousand miles away for much no longer. No comment. No comment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I, I, here, I, I do want to ask this. Uh, how much can you guys on the eighth floor feel the energy from the football program right now? Like, uh, how much do you ride that wave um, I, I know you have to monetarily because you know the fans are excited, but just from a business perspective, it's got to be a hell of a boost to know like we're selling an awesome product right now. It's um, it's real. I mean, when when you look at the things that we're doing around the program, um, you what Eichel and Kelsey are doing with Let It Fly, and just how engaged everyone in the building is. Like they they know, okay. Fall is here, soccer, volleyball, football. Like, I think it's just, you know, coach, coach says it's, you know, high tides, raise, raise all ships. Um, I think you see the energy across all of our student athletes. Uh, there's, you know, one, it's awesome to, to see everyone back on campus and interacting and engaging and um, have an experience they really didn't have last year. Still, you know, trying to get into the, the swing of things, but um, there, there's a certain energy. I can't put my finger on it. It's just neat to be around. Uh, I had some conversations with, with one of my, my friends who I didn't know knew a thing about football and, you know, Cincinnati football. And he's like, wow, Luke Fickle's getting it done. Huh? I'm like, Hey, that's awesome. Like you, you're, you're engaged in this. And I think when, when you have a top 10 football program uh, preseason, there, there's a lot of people, talking about you and, and, and it's helpful. Uh, but from, from our department, top to bottom, I think everyone's, everyone's all in. They understand what it means. They understand the, the energy around the whole department is different. Um, you know, they, they understand the, the numbers. So when we say, hey, we have 21,000 season tickets out, most we've ever had, um, that's a real thing to them. I know you said not from a monetary perspective, but from understanding that it's have, always monetary. Yeah, Let's not fool ourselves. Well, you, you have almost 2000 more people engaged in something than ever before. You know, and that's a, that's a big bump when you, when you look at historical numbers. So um, I think they just understand what we have and we have a top 10 football program and you know, you're seeing it right now with with all the other stuff going on in college athletics. You know, football is really driving it. So when you have something special like this, you uh, you make sure you do everything to sustain it. And um, you know, I, I love how our fan base has responded. I love how our students have responded. I'm excited to you know see what that turnout is on the fourth. I'm gonna ask you a scheduling question. Would you like to break 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 any news about? the home and home you're going to sign for the 2024, 2025 season. You, you probably know more than I do. I have no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I don't. D I just, Dave's got a list. Well, that list got cut in half when some, some two teams decided they wanted to switch conferences. Uh, hmm. But I, uh, they keep me out of the room on those. Uh, I don't believe just... you, but anyway, <laughs> um, 
scheduling just I, philosophies in general. Only home and homes. Will you? Do, will we do one-offs like Notre Dame? Will we do two for ones? Like, what is kind of just the overall mentality of of you and John and whoever else sits in and Luke that sits in on these conversations about how we do future scheduling? I, I I'm being serious with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm literally kicked out of the room for those conversations because <laughs> um, I'm not the football administrator. Uh, I could tell you from my own personal feelings is you want to put yourself in a schedule that gives you the best opportunity to make your way to a national championship game and the college football playoff. So you don't want to uh, personal feelings. Now, again, not talked about with anybody in my department. You, you don't necessarily want to, take on somebody that you know you're going to beat up 77 or nothing. Uh, you know, that's like, then why are we still playing Miami? Because people <laughs> signed contracts 20,000 years ago. It still feels like, like when you sign a contract 10 years ago, you have no idea what the landscape looks like. No, right? of course not. And now that's... we're now, now you're sitting in it and you honor it because it's, you know, the right thing to do. That's why I laugh um, at this whole, like <laughs> when we get so-and-so's playing so-and-so in 2033, but yet last year BYU and Coastal could put a game together in four days. That's, it was kind of the silver lining of um, what was happening last year. You, you kind of threw some things out the window and you, you put together a cool game. Um, you know, now you're, you're back on track with contracts that have been signed and trying to fit those back into your schedules and dealing with them. Um, you know, I, I, I'm being honest when I tell you guys, I'm, I've not been in that room yet here discussing schedules and planning for football. That is fair. I was just giving you a hard time, but I, I understand. I, I don't want, uh, I don't want people, like, well, why isn't he in the room? What's up? It's just, I'm not part of the football administration to that, uh, to that respect. And that's your the job is, that handles it. Your job is to sell tickets to the game, not to create the game. Correct. But for <laughs> football, absolutely. Yeah. Anything I have other that things to worry you. about. <laughs> right. Anything that surprised <laughs> you about the city or the, the school uh, since you've gotten here, right? you know, everybody has their preconceived notions is there anything that you're like, wow, I didn't, I didn't necessarily expect this when I, when I got to Cincinnati. I don't, I'm, I'm a, I'm a person who believes in education and, and what schools, you know, there's a lot of schools around the country that will say something like, Oh, we have the best this, or we have the best that. Uh, I got to campus and yeah, I heard about the co-ops and I was like, okay, you know, let, let's see if they really, hey, we started co-ops and co-ops are a thing. I'm like, okay, let's see if they actually put them to the test. I am blown away by what, what's happening here, especially when it comes to co-ops. I mean, you look at um, even things like the ESPN plus piece, right? You're, we're working with people and our colleagues across campus at CCM, um, professors, deans, to get students behind cameras, working cameras, pulling off broadcasts, uh, starting to pull students into actually calling games, learning how to produce games. I mean, it's all in. All in. And that to me is why you're on campus is to learn. I, I tell my staff all the time, it's okay to fail. I want you to learn from your failure, but it's okay to fail. Like we, we work in sports. 
right? Um, you know, we're, we're not in an operating room. Um, so, okay, just learn from your mistakes. And I think that blows me away that the school is so bought in for these students to go out and, and learn, learn on somebody else's dime uh, and, and just grow their career even before they start earning money as a professional. Um, they put their money where their mouth is with that one. The other thing that blows me away is the amount of students here still. I, I mean, the first week of campus, this is the first time I've seen students really on campus to this effect. Um, before I was just kind of driving around, I could drive anywhere really quick. And now it's like, you have all these just hordes of students passing in front of your car. You're running the late to meetings because the, the just students everywhere. It's awesome to see. It, it's fun to see. Uh, you got to be really cautious driving, but 40,000 plus students is, it's a great number, but uh, when you're trying to drive on campus, it's, it's tough, but I, I'm, you know, the, the stadium, unbelievable. The varsity village area, it's unbelievable. It is, it is like a power five, big 10 setup. I, I think it's the neatest thing that you could have your, most of your whole athletic department working in one building that could oversee the football stadium, oversee the tennis courts, oversee baseball. It's all right there. You have everything you need. And, and that is, uh, that's definitely something I think is an advantage for us. Did you make it out to a uh, higher ground at all? <laughs> no, I did not. Um, wish I did, but I did not. I wanted to say, Dave was also very big on education. He spent the best seven years of his life at the University of Tennessee. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. It's very, very funny. Of, we like to get, we like to, he was on the Van Wilder plan. Hey, you know what? He, he's smart. Trying, <laughs> he kept getting the experience. Get extra, extra season, extra football season, but they, they kept getting worse and worse. So I should have gotten out of there. What, what, uh, what was, what part of the big 10 PAC 12 ACC Alliance press conference made you laugh the most yesterday? I didn't watch it. <laughs> um, I, I think for, for an administrator, we, we keep our eye on it and you, know, you, you kind of read the recaps and, you know, it's just interesting. You know, we just saw something else come through the wire that the PAC 12 says, no, we're not, we're not expanding. Um, it's just like, it is what it is at this point. You know, you, we have to control what we could control. And I think that Alliance coming, coming from the ACC for me, it's, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I would never see the ACC schools team up with a PAC 12. Like, can you see Pittsburgh going out to play USC? Like, and, and, you know, work it like, I, I just don't, it's going to be really interesting how they actually shape it out. Cause if you heard any details on what it actually means, no, it was, yeah. there was nothing. They, were, they literally said nothing. It's, it's like survivor. They said, right? yeah, we're going to have a, we're scheduling Alliance, but we're going to wait until all our other scheduling obligations a, are done with. So let's call, let's call it what survivor. it is. It is a voting Alliance. It is exactly it's like survivor. It's survivor. Well, it's three, it's, it's three great. groups that are mad that the SEC took two schools and had to make it look like they were doing something to all their fans. Uh, well, you know, and that's, that's what they came up with. But, 
So going yeah. off of that, and I know I love, were... I, I love, I love the part of like, have you signed anything? No. No, we looked have into you... each other's eyes. Yeah. Have you scheduled anything? Well, no, we're going to do that later. Uh, well, what is this really about? Well, it's really about the student athletes. Like, I, I, I have always had a problem with with people that that think they're the smartest person in the room. And, and that's okay. There are a lot of people that are the smartest person in the room, but you can't just assume because you're the smartest person in the room, everybody else is stupid. Nobody listened to that and went, oh, this is really good. This makes a lot of sense. No, it was just, we're teaming up so that the SEC doesn't have all the power uh, and we have to let them know that we know that they know that we know. Whatever. It's, it'll be, um, It'll be fun to watch it play out. I, I hope uh, once some more details come about of what's actually going to happen, then I think people start pivoting a little bit more. Um, like I said, we're just going to control what we could control. Have all our fans buy every season ticket they can. And ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus. And, you know, follow us on social. Well, speaking right. of social, why don't you have a Twitter account? Cincinnati, I think they have a lot of them. No, you personally. <laughs> I, I do. I, I personally have one. You just but, don't uh, know what it is. Does anybody know what it is? I, you know, people have been tweeting things at me, and I respond. I'm not one to go put my thoughts out online all too often. Um, when I get into I'll jobs, yeah, you know, right, it's right. It, well, yeah. See, see, like it's a full time job. That's you know, I my job is to really help the Cincinnati brand and not Anthony DeFino's brand. So you won't see me doing a whole lot that will distract from the Cincinnati brand. Well, I already have uh, all of the Cincinnati Twitter accounts to, to work with and our team <laughs> to manage. Uh, adding one more to that just confuses me further, but it's about Cincinnati, our brand, those followers. Um, I'm happy to respond to people, and I have, when they've brought up things to my attention on Twitter, um, try to give them the facts if they want to engage me that way. But I, I prefer our fans to interact with the uh, the Bearcats Twitter accounts and Instagrams because that, that helps the school more than it helps you following me. Unless you really care about my career, um, <laughs> you know, you want to see what I'm doing when I'm 80 years old, and you can look back at all my old tweets when I was an angry 23 year old i don't know <laughs> it's not about me it's about it's about the bearcats brand are are you familiar with the bearcat journal and i'm gonna guess no but the bearcat journal long-running conference realignment thread i'm not chad do familiar. you want to tell him how ridiculous this thing is and then i'm gonna ask him a question well, I'll just say this. I don't know that we've gone more than 48 hours without a post on our message board covering uh, some realignment uh, type conversation in a decade. We had a Are running you saying you want, Do you want an alliance of my Twitter and your Twitter? And then we could kick everyone else's Twitter out? I'm sorry. I, would just, I would like an alliance between... Bearcat Journal and the athletic department 
that tells us everything that's going on behind the scenes <laughs> of what conference you're trying to move into. Um, I, I told and, I, story, and I would like I, that signed with lawyers present. We, we, I, want, we want to win the conference we're in. We want to... We we, we've done that we already. Let's move. Uh, we, next, what happened you know, to next level success? We just did next, that. Let's go to let's go to the next conference and win and that look, one. Next next level success has put us on the cusp of a CFP. We are right there. And he, he got we, you on that one, Dave. No, <laughs> Anthony. I, I told this story on on I think Monday's podcast. They all kind of run together right now. Um, we were at we were at lunch at Camp Higher Ground. And uh, your boss, John Cunningham, was was there that afternoon, and he had he had gotten his plate full of food, uh, and he was looking for somewhere to sit down. And it was me, Justin Williams, and Keith Jenkins from the Inquirer. And he walked over to our table and he started to pull out a chair. And he's like, "I feel like this is a trap." And uh, so he sits down, and we're we're joking around, like talking around the subject. And and I think Justin was like, "So." what's going on up on the, up on the eighth floor. And, and John was like, we're, uh, we're very busy. We're working very diligently on things. And, uh, you know, I chime in with, so what you guys working on? <laughs> <laughs> he just laughed and looked at us. and was like, you guys know, you're not getting anything out of me. And it's like, well, we still have to try. That is yeah. kind of what, it's what we're paid for. We know you're not going to answer, but we got to try. Yeah, John's a, John's a great boss, number one. So brownie points for saying that for me. Um, <laughs> look, I, we go back to, we're going to focus on what we can right now. You know, the, the complete distraction would be to, to make it about conferences, et cetera, when you have a top 10 football team in front of you and we have to support that 100%. So I, I think there's people that are focused on, you know, what what's going on in the outside world. And there's a lot of people focused on how do we, how do we keep football and volleyball and soccer, you know, how do we keep them healthy? Number one. So they're playing, um, it, you know, we're playing football and it's fun. And, you know, if we, if we keep doing our job, um, it doesn't matter what conference you're in, if you're, you're winning the way we're winning and you know, we just got to put them in that position to continue to win. Final question before, before we let you go, you've been awesome with your time. Uh, the, the last time you were here, it was pretty easy. Uh, do you regret coming on this time because Dave has been badgering you? No, I, I actually thought this was easier because I actually have more concrete answers of what's <laughs> going to happen. Uh, maybe there's a few that are still lingering. I get that. Uh, but it's um, it's nice to know there's been some progress made. I know when we talked, we're like, hey, yeah, we're going to bring in a sales team and we might do this. And you know, here's this other thing. Um, you know, we're, we're excited. We, we broke some records uh, on the sales side. We now know, okay, um, buy your season tickets, get ESPN plus, <laughs> follow us on social and donate. You can always donate. Donating is always a good thing. Uh, yeah. Philanthropic dollars, huge to, to continue to sustain success here. Um, you know, those, those, those are the four things we absolutely need our fans doing at this point. Um, to engage us, stay engaged, support this football team. But yeah, no, I don't, don't regret it. I, I will always be where you need me to be. 
for any podcast you need me for uh, because there's a lot of good things going on. So yeah, I feel like I gave you a little bit more now unless, uh, you know, I don't want, I want Dave getting upset. Like I didn't answer all his questions. Oh no. But, we're, uh, we're good. I do have one. No, he's one. good. Totally yeah, he, he, topic. All right, good. Hey, this you, is good. Uh, you've been here now for what? Eight months. Is that about right. Yeah. yeah eight, Fa- favorite, eight favorite food spots. Oh boy. Um, I want to be there. We have no sponsors in that regard other than the Holy Grail. So you can call out whoever you want. And Mio's. And Mio's. And Mio's. So I want to be the first former athlete now turned administrator in college to get an NIL deal. Um, And I want it to be from Dewey's Pizza. Dewey's is good. Probably make that happen. They're located here. I mean, that's horrible. We have great sponsors. Like, from an athletic standpoint, you know, they support us, but you asked, and yeah. I think right now, if you're ever going to say, Hey, where, uh, where do you want to go to lunch? We're going to take you to lunch, Anthony. And it's going to be Dewey's pizza right now. It's great. They haven't, although with this Italian meats issue, Dave, as you know, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the salmonella case got me really scared, but they have some of the best like prosciutto and fig. Oh yeah pizza ever um but now you got to heat it up to 165 degrees and all that i'm really nervous but um dewey's pizza it's awesome how, although how i did stop have you go ahead oh, I, I did stop by the little sandwich spot you told me to chad over in uh um florence by torta loca yeah it was great it oh. was great have you done i got another one for you have you done Island Fridays yet? No. What was that one? It is a I need to know Jama- this. It is it is a Jamaican place. Okay. It is on Short Vine. And it is owned by a former UC linebacker. Hmm. So that gives you all the reason to go check it out. They they were it's about 10 years ago now. They were featured on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives with Guy Fietti. Um, and, and I'm gonna give you a, a tip. There's a there's a secret. To the menu get the rice and peas which in jamaica is, is just jamaican for red beans and rice okay but you have to ask them to put the gravy on it because what they do is they take a ladle of the broth from the oxtail stew and they dump it over the rice and beans and it's amazing we have to you have to make that short walk the short line it's very, very good stuff. His name's Leo Morgan. He was um, he was the number one JUCO prospect in the country uh, and committed to UC and was here and played linebacker. And the name comes from, on Friday nights, he's from Jamaica, and he would cook for his teammates. He would cook them all Jamaican food. So they labeled Fridays Island Fridays because Leo was cooking them food. And then when he graduated and, and got done with, with his playing career, he opened up Island Fridays up on Short Vine, and it is a Cincinnati treasure. Well, I, I appreciate that one. I think we're going to have to go check that one out because uh, you I, haven't led me wrong yet. I, I will try. Every time you come on, I'll try to give you one place that I don't think you've heard of that is that is well worth it. Well, if you, if you can count on Chad and I for anything, it's not food. leading you wrong when it comes to food. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty you know, good. <laughs> So when I first moved here and moved into my home down here in Kentucky, um, there's a strip 
that leads to my house. And I was like, you know, I'm going to try to hit every restaurant on the strip. But unfortunately, it was Wendy's, Arby's, White Castle. <laughs> it wasn't like what you're telling me. You probably me, live pretty Fridays. close to me. Right. I'm guessing you live close to me. Probably we won't disclose where that is because I don't want autographs for, for, you know, me and you getting, you know, the traffic is congested enough as it is. It is. Uh, uh, that's, is it? that's the surprise. Okay. I, it is the congestion in the Burlington Florence area. Blew me away. Had no idea. That place is too, that's too crowded for me. I'm not out. I'm in independence. Okay. So it's you're still, still congested. Still congested, but not nearly as bad as Florence and Burlington. It's nuts out there. Now, I love the area if it weren't for the congestion. Great area. Awesome I, area. I've got some spots out there. There's a, a Boomtown Biscuits just opened out there. I think you just lost all of your listeners, by the way. No, no. They love this stuff. All right. As long as we're okay. It, because we, we're, we're part-time sports and part-time food. So they, right. this, they, they anticipate this stuff. The problem is I've probably told him about Island Fridays and I, I've talked about La Torta Loca, what Dave, 300 times on this podcast. Mm. Close. <laughs> there's a, there's a great breakfast spot near my house. Um, the great iced coffee, great breakfast sandwiches called McDonald's. That's also good. <laughs> <laughs> only breakfast though. Yeah. Only breakfast for McDonald's. Their yeah, fries only. are pretty good. Uh, yeah, they're good, but they're no like vanilla iced coffee. No, you, you that's I'll give you that's that. like heaven in a cup. <laughs> All right, well we've got uh we've got another I don't know hour and fifteen minutes to go <laughs> on this podcast. No, we, we don't have that long. <laughs> well, I'd love to stick around, but uh, oh wait, the baby's crying. I gotta go. <laughs> okay, do your thing. <laughs> no, thanks, kidding. Anthony. Joke, but thank you very thank much. You. Thank you for having me. Uh, again, you know the mantra is. Buy season tickets. They help me out here. ESPN so, Plus. Yeah, ESPN, ESPN Plus. Plus. Donate right. your uh, discretionary income. <laughs> and and have fun, right? So I appreciate this. This is uh, always a pleasure. And excited to uh, see everyone on the 4th. Again, after the 4th, please hit are me you, with Are any... you going to be making rounds during uh, tailgating? You come, come check I... us out. I will do my best to get wherever anyone wants me. So to I will be out. up on the top of Campus Green. All right. Then I, I will do my best to get up there because I, I have to see everything. Uh, you know, have you ever seen the South Park episode where Cartman yes. uh, goes to Casa Bonita? I, that's going to be me. That's going to be me on the fourth. I'm just going to have to go do everything um, and take it all in. But seriously, anyone who's listening, after the fourth, I want to hear the good, bad, and ugly. It is important for us to to listen and see what we could do and pivot to make things meet expectations. You hear so, you heard him, people. Answer the survey. Yeah. Answer the survey and, and get ESPN Plus. And get ESPN Plus. And give it a 99 so it makes them uncomfortable at night. I, I, I am very uncomfortable when it's <laughs> anything less than a hundred. <laughs> but I love uh, the truth. Man. Thank you so much. Have a great night. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you on next Saturday. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. There you go, Anthony Defino, joining us once again. So it's a it's a good second episode. Yeah. The the rapport you have with Anthony has grown. It's nice to be able to get someone on that can give us like 
legit info that our fans want to hear about and, you know, tell people how they can help the program, you know, the in, insiders look to some stuff that, you know, we get a lot of the info when it comes straight to the athletics, but as we all know, there's way more to it than that. So it's nice to be able to offer uh, an avenue to that side as well, especially with what seems like has been going on forever, the ever-changing landscape of college athletics. You want to talk about it now or you want to wait? I don't want to talk about it at all. Well, we're gonna. Then let's just talk about it now. All right. You don't want to talk. You don't want to put a lid on your thoughts on higher ground or getting ready for our season preview show, which our guest for next week is confirmed. Luke Fickle. No, no. But it is a man that has done. That it is a man that is has sweated uh, profusely right next to Luke Fickle at a yoga class. Ah, okay. Justin Williams. Yes, Justin of Williams will be of the athletic. He, like he said, I like that guy. He's nice. He's okay. It's I okay. enjoyed his Lenny T article today. Yeah, it's a lot of editing. I like, Lenny, I like Lenny T a lot. I don't, I'm, it's good to see that one, we're never going to get Lenny on video. We're a couple Dayton boys. We're from a little bit different parts of Dayton, but uh, I like Lenny T a lot. Lenny, uh, Lenny does not have the filter to do video interviews. Well, hey, Justin set the bar pretty high. Now he has to get Malik. If he got Lenny. Malik. Van. Oh, we, Malik, anytime. Yeah, but he's he's kind of the same way as, as Lenny. He'll, he'll tell you exactly what he's thinking. Yeah, but that's not the problem with Lenny. <laughs> the problem with Lenny is his word filter is broken. Yeah, I got one of those sometimes too. Right. Well, you know, it's not nobody's nobody's really censoring our word filter. No. Um, the university likes it to be a little tighter. They like interviews to look like Tyler Scott and Jawan Briggs and <laughs> um and Royer and and Cope. I'll tell you, like let me say first off on that front, we've had some awesome player videos. Oh yeah. Th- the past couple weeks, Tyler Scott was outstanding. Yeah, they're uh, some sharp dudes on this roster. Well, yeah, and the thing too is, is like when you let them, like it just goes back to kind of the stupid stuff that some of the other leagues do. Like when you let them talk, your fans get to know them, and like they work, they get to build that element of their brand or whatever right. you look at it too. Like if if you don't ever let a kid talk to the media, like. They're going to talk to the media at some point, and then if they're not, they haven't had any training in it or haven't done it before. Like, what do you think they're going to say? Right. We are again very blessed with with those uh, allowances that we get, and uh, those guys have been a lot of them have been really good. We haven't even talked to Michael Young this camp, um, which is another one that's that's phenomenal. Trey Tucker, like that wide receiver room is legit when it comes to putting guys in front of camera and usually the wide receiver, the one are, are, are the ones you're like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. But between Pierce and Scott and Michael young. And like I said, uh, Trey Tucker, like th- those dudes, those dudes are legit. 
So, um, you'd rather talk about this first? All right. I don't. What I mean, as opposed to what else? What are my other options? Uh, I was gonna kind of do a uh, superlatives for for camp. I mean, I was only able to be there what twice, twice, twice yeah. two, three times. So, like, I mean, you could. What uh, I can ask you. I mean, I don't I mean. I don't really know. Well, I mean, I just figured I could give mine, and then you could. Yes, we could go ahead and could... give give yours. I don't have any. Like, I, oh. I what am I basing it off of? Two two things. Like, that's not fair. Uh, offensive MVP. Got a guess? Leonard Taylor. You are correct, sir. He was automatic in the red zone, an absolute monster throughout camp, and that's a dude that. Look, he would have his reps probably would have been cut roughly in half if Josh Wiley was was out there every day. And Lenny said, you know what? Give me those reps and I'm going to make something of it. And I'm going to show everybody here that you're going to need to throw the ball to me. And I you know, that's that's what I love is when the door of opportunity opens and somebody just kicks their way right through it. And uh, and Lenny absolutely did that. He was great. Yeah, I mean. Practice I was at, but especially the scrimmage. I mean, that was the Des and Lenny show. Yeah. They get down to the red zone. Watch out because Des is looking for Lenny. Yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't. I mean, you put him and Josh out there. It's, I mean, I think you'll see a lot more of them together, too. Um, tough, some tough matchups. Again, we're at a point where it's like, who do you take off the field? <laughs> like, you know, a couple of years ago, it was like, well, we got one or two guys. And really, in the reality, we're just going to give it to Mike Warren anyway. Right. Or we're going to give it to Mike or we're going to throw it to Josiah. It was a, a two-faceted offense. And now it's like, well, you want to put this guy on, but which one of the other five guys do you take off? Just a good problem to have. Defensive MVP is maybe the the easiest thing well, we'll ever is it, decide. Is it allowed to touch the quarterback or not? Addition, like no one's allowed to touch the quarterback. My Jay, easily, easily. What? Okay, but if you take him out of it, who would you have? Huh. that's a tough call. Because I think it was clearly like he was like. I don't think we're breaking any news here. Like pretty much head and shoulders. Like it was yeah. obvious. Yeah. Next, who would you have? That's tough. That's really tough. Um, well, I only ask the hard hitting questions, Chad. Because everybody was steady. Like everybody was consistent. You know, there weren't many breakdowns that, that really you noticed. Right. You know, the only thing like we talked about earlier in camp, like I, I thought Sammy Anderson and Todd Bumpus had a rough start to camp, but I thought they both picked it up towards the back end of camp. Tyler Scott mm -hmm. talked about it yesterday in that interview that, you know, Bumpus was coming to him going, why, why am I not having the success I had in the spring? And then the last four or five days of camp and then into this past week on campus, he's gotten it back on track. Um Jeez, that's hard after my J. Uh, especially because they don't tackle. Like, but I, I would have Beavers was probably the most disruptive outside of my J. What about Brian Cook? 
he would be right up there. I mean, he's everywhere. You know, the, the, the kid is going to be an absolute force this year. Now he was, you know, he, he dinged his shoulder. I think, you know, the second or third day of camp and was limited for a couple days. And then he was back out there. Um, yeah, I mean, he would be probably right up there, probably right behind Beavers. Right. Uh, I thought Malik Van had a really good camp, but kind of same as Maje. Like, you don't get to see him complete those plays. Uh, but, you know, he was tracking pretty easily, a sack, two sacks, three sacks a day. Yeah. Um, so Malik would uh, – I'd say those three were probably the three that were the most consistent. Um, offensive newcomer. Or even if you want to call it most improved, uh, I talked about on the BBP was Drew Donnelly. Because those first three or four days, you could tell he didn't, his confidence wasn't where he wanted it to be yet. Yeah. But, but once it got there, he had a really, really strong last week of camp. So like and, above like John Williams or like Tyler Scott slash Jaden Thompson. In terms of newcomers, yeah, I mean, or in like, terms of most improved, most improved. we like most improved. Jaden Thompson would definitely be right up there because I think coming into the summer, like that was a spot that Tyler Scott had, you know, a pretty he took a pretty firm grasp on that spot in the spring, right? Right. And by the end of camp, him and Jaden Thompson were splitting reps with the ones at the field, and it wasn't because Tyler Scott was struggling. It was because Jaden Thompson, when he was getting the opportunity, was also making just as many plays. That is a really good problem to have. Like, we think this is our number one guy, but we can't rule out this other guy because he might be just as good. Right. So, yeah, I would I would definitely have, you know, Jaden Thompson, if we're doing a most guy that, that improved his stock the most. Um, I mean, John Williams, I don't think was a whole lot different than, than what we saw from him in the spring. He's consistent, but he's also a lot of times asked to block by and Right. You know, the, I, I, I have trouble dinging a guy for that because the guy, it's very, very tough to block him. And as everybody has said, if you can, for the, if you can hold your own staying in front of my you can block anybody in the country. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's where I would have him right now. But I I need to see him, you know, like I talked about yesterday on the boards. I need to see him do it against other people because we haven't seen that yet. So, you know, uh, see better than I hear. So that's kind of where I'm at on on John Williams. I, I, I think there is a lot of potential and there's a lot of upside for him at left tackle. But got to see him block somebody else that, that's not wearing red and black and somebody that is live and allowed to go get the quarterback. Because I think that changes, you know, your intensity maybe a little bit. Um, so we'll see there. How about defensively? Uh, I think I'd have to go with Brian Threats. Like he, he really. Newcomer? Most improved newcomer, like however you want to, you want to, you know position that question um he was a guy that because there was and safety just for whatever reason 
there was a lot of, you know, Will Adams was out for a couple of days with a, a slight leg deal and Javon Hicks was out for like two days and um, Jacob Dingle was out for two or three days. Um, hopefully he learned how to use crutches in the meantime. <laughs> Struggling with those. That was still, uh, that was still the funniest where would uh where would jaheem thomas fall in in that i mean he flashed quite a bit now i think with jaheem you want to still see a little bit more consistency but like his ability to make plays in the flats and ability to just explode on the football at times was like wow like this dude is close he's not there yet probably but the more and more reps he takes, the closer and closer he gets to just being an absolute monster uh, at linebacker down the road. So he would be, he would definitely be up there on the list, but um, for threats, the other reason I think that that's so important is because you're probably going to lose cook and, and Hicks after this year. Right now they might, you know, they've got the COVID year. They might decide to come back if they want to, um, but safety is going to be a wide open position mm-hmm. going into next season most likely and you had three freshmen in threats Armorion Smith and Isaiah Cox and all three are very talented I just think Brian threats when you know especially in the scrimmages when the lights were on Brian threats took the most advantage of those opportunities to say you know hey it's going to be I might be the smallest guy I might not look like because when you look at Armorion Smith and Isaiah Cox, those dudes look different. Oh, yeah. You know, they're 6'2", 6'3", 200, 210 pounds, whatever the key, you know. They look like NFL, you know, in development, future long-term NFL-type safeties. You know, threats is 5'10", and, and doesn't necessarily uh, maybe on paper or, or pass the look test like the other ones. But he was the one making plays. I, I thought he took the most advantage of his opportunities uh, in in camp to improve, you know, his stock. So I would go with him there. Any guys surprise you? Any anybody you didn't expect? Because that's been the hardest part about this camp, right? Is everything is so known? Yeah, it's. I mean, I can't really say anybody surprised me because. Like, like I said, a lot of it is known. And if it's a younger guy, I didn't have like a baseline to what to expect. So, you know, I can't really say, oh, that guy looked way better than I thought. I don't really know what, what, what was I basing that off of. So, um, you know, I, the only thing that I would say that would just surprise, that surprised me and we've talked about this before, but just like the overall size of the freshman class. Yeah. that's we, we knew they were like a bigger guy, but like, even when you saw him in person, you were just like, what the, what is going on? Like, <laughs> I know we've, we've mentioned it before, but like Rob Jackson should not be here. No. And like, uh, Jamal, Jamal Williams kind of looks like that. DBs, He's a little lighter. Some of those DBs and should not be like, should not be here. Like, but, but yet they are right. So I'm not, you know, but so I think if anything surprised me, it was just like when you see someone in person and they kind of live up to what you had thought 
and it's still kind of like, whoa, like, um, from that regard, that's what I would say. But other than that, I, you know, it's tough to say, like, you know, anyone else really surprised me. Corleone, maybe? I mean, I, his, I, his ability to get off the ball. I kind of like knew his, what he was. So, I mean, like. Yeah. His short guess, area quickness. I guess I'll say, and I'll say, like, I don't want to shortchange him, but, like, Evan Prater surprised me, like, in the sense of he took a huge jump from what I saw in the spring. Um, and that's what we were hoping for. But, like, he did not look at all like the same player in any way, shape, or form. Who? Evan. Evan, yeah. From the spring. Like, yeah. So I was kind of – not surprised, like in a. I'm su- I'm surprised, but like surprised in the sense of like, wow, he really. I mean, he really doesn't look like that guy at all from April. No, like the the accuracy and the 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 ability to hang in the pocket, you know, because I thought that I thought that was the biggest thing for me in the spring as he was looking to get out of there immediately, right? Right. One read, if it's not there, run. Yeah. And his ability to hang in the pocket, deliver passes on target. Was he perfect? No. But he's a redshirt freshman. If he was perfect, like, we'd be having a different conversation. But his progress in in being, in, you know, a, a passer, was outstanding and then you know there, uh, we've had a couple guys say it on on video like his uh, his ability to make plays in space with his feet looks a lot better than it did last year he's more athletic than Des. oh i don't think i don't know if anyone would ever has ever or would ever necessarily like make an argument he is I, I know somebody that would his name's desmond ritter well you know what i mean he is like <laughs> from a from a twitch standpoint yeah there's like you know i you notice it like when you run up the middle in some practices and obviously you can't get hit but like he is making moves that you like cuts and jump stops and stuff like that that are almost more reserved for like and this has probably helped him from a basketball standpoint yeah um where you just feel guys because you know that they can't like basketball, you're running and cutting and you know that like, they can't really touch you, hit you or it's a, you know, it's a, it's a foul. So he's feeling that and knowing like when to move off of those things you know, while he's playing football. Is there anybody you thought like drastically improved their odds of, of seeing the field this year? Uh, Jaden Thompson, for sure. Yeah, I would agree um, with that. Jaheim Thomas, Deshaun Pace. I think Deshaun, Pace was pretty much even with, with I Van think Fossen he, coming like, in. Yeah, but I think it's like he showed that, like, that's uh, justifiable. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we can absolutely. Like, this is what we would like to do, but now we know we can do it. Right. I feel you. Um, I think it Lorenz Metz at guard. Yeah. Ethan Wright. He held his own. Ethan Wright, definitely. I mean, you know, we've been 
we've been pretty big on Ethan Wright since the spring. Um, we kind of were at the forefront of that, but I think it's really close at the two, right? The, the number two running back. I know I've been saying McClellan. I wouldn't be shocked if, if you see Ethan Wright get just as many of those reps as, as Chuck does. Yeah, I think you just use him in a little bit different way. Yeah, I mean, Ethan's um, got a little bit more power, a little bit more, right. you know, between the tackles to him. Obviously, but he's got some God. speed. He, he can play in, and open and, and oh, catch yeah. the ball in space. For sure. Obviously, my guy, Will Pauling. Yeah, it's just... But, right, we've talked about it ad nauseum. Like, but where? Ahead, yeah. of, ahead of who? But but if you're just saying, like, yeah, he, sh- he should play. I don't know how they're going to figure it out, but he should play. A lot of good problems to have with some of the names we're talking about. (laughs) And and the other good problem to have kind of too is like a lot of these guys are going to be relied on next year and they're showing you that they are making it hard on the coaches now. How do we get them on the field to where it's not like we don't know if these guys can do it next year. And we're gonna and they're gonna have to. Like it's kind of like remember when the defensive line a couple years ago when we were like it's kind of put up for shut up time for like Cope and uh you know Kamani Fitz and those guys, and then they did, they you know, they they put up like we know you're there, but like we don't know if you can actually do it. It's kind of this a little bit of the opposite. Like we've seen these guys can do it, and now when they are gonna be needed to take on much, much bigger roles next year, you feel a lot more confident that that's not going to be a problem. Right. All right. I think that's a good close the book on on camp higher ground. Yes. And camp in general, because technically camp ran through this week. Right. Um, and, you know, if school hadn't started, they'd have stayed at higher ground for an extra week. But school started, so they had to come back to campus. Uh, so that's why you got a, an abbreviated version of camp higher ground. Um, so we got, we've got tomorrow, uh, I'll be at practice tomorrow. And then next week, obviously things go into, uh, game week mode where we will have, uh, the, the normal Tuesday luncheon with Luke fickle. Um, not sure where that's going to be yet, but that is in the works. And then Tuesday practice, we'll get to watch practice on Tuesdays every week. Um, as part of our normal game week routine. So one more practice tomorrow, and then we, we get into the normal deal starting next week. Uh, before we let, – let's, let's first talk about our, our guy, Gordon Gee. What, what, did, what did old Gordo do? He has a vote in the uh, playoff expansion. Oh, okay. And he has now said he will vote no. The college football playoff expansion is on life support, and he will not vote in favor of the proposed 12-team model uh, because basically, you know, they're, they're all mad that Sankey I mean, like, played them. How, how, how do, short-sighted can these well, people just be? How do, how do guys, and, and maybe ladies, I'm not sure if there's any lady commissioners that get a vote in this or not, how do these guys get into these positions with such thin skin and like, and such, and being so emotional. Right. It makes no sense. 
Have some vision. Like, what are you going to vote no for? Because, because the they're four, mad. Because the fourteen playoff is such is working out so well for you, West Virginia. You, you got to stick with that, right? This is the plan. No matter what, this is the plan we got to go with. I mean, are you, are you voting no to expand it in twenty twenty three? Because I can I can get behind that. Like, you have a deal with Fox as the Big Twelve. You'd like Fox to be involved in the television part of it. Or are you voting no? About, about the 12-team playoff because you want more campus games and, and less bowl games or more bowl games and less campus games. Like, what are you voting no for? Just in general, like, nope, I'm, I'm pounding the table. I am, you know, crossing my arms, folding my legs. It is a no vote under all circumstances. Like, what, what, are, we, what are you doing, man? Here, here, was this, here was this comment. It's one of those ideas that I think was very good when there was stability. When there's instability, the idea becomes less, and this is a strange word, appropriate. Because there was tons of stability when you went to the 14 playoff, you jackass. <laughs> right. Like, I think with this changing and I think with this changing environment, we want to keep it very narrow and keep it so there's a lot of opportunity to reconfigure what we're doing in athletics. I'm a big believer in expanding the college football playoff. Oh no, that that's from somebody else. That's Kevin Warren. But I'm also a, a Kevin Warren said I'm a big believer in expanding the college football playoff. But I'm also a big believer in being methodical and doing our homework. This the is, new Pac-12 commissioner were 100 in favor of expansion, but yeah, there are just, issues at the margins. On the margins, yeah, the margins. You don't. You're mad that the SEC and ESPN are together, and you don't want them to ESPN to get this deal again at a, at a discounted rate. And I don't disagree with that. Like the margins are that you want other networks involved and there should be other networks involved. There's there's the, the college football as a sport should be produced and given out to fans by more than just ESPN. And it benefits the PAC 12 and the big 10 for Fox to be involved because if Fox isn't involved at all, what keeps them from saying like, there's no value for us in college football anymore we're going to take all this money that we're giving you guys and we're going to put it into something else. Whether it's trying to get a bigger NFL package, whether it's something that we hit, we're not even thinking of. Right. Like if, if the, if Fox being a part of the college football playoff, similar to how the Super Bowl rotates between networks, if that benefits the PAC 12 and the big 10, then of course that they want to delay it. I totally understand that and agree. But why with can't it. you say that? Because, because <laughs> I don't know. Because they're you know because they can't you can't you can't because talk about have, money because they also have their hands in the pie at ESPN. Well, sure. That's they the don't fun, want to piss off the, the Godfather. That's the funniest part about the ACC being involved in this. It's like they are a hundred percent tied to ESPN. Yeah, and yet, and yet they're like, well, we'd like to, you know. All this, you know, we, we want to be with these teams that have Fox. Like, it literally, like, Stephen Godfrey, who we've had on the show, Split Zone Duo, he, he had a, they had a great podcast today about it. Like, the Yahoo guys, Wetzel, Thamel, and Pat Forty. I mean, it's all just a bunch of bullshit. Like, literally, yeah. nothing, nothing is going to come of this. Nothing. I love Defino comparing it to Survivor. It's, like, it's I don't know how much you watch Survivor. It's all it is. 
but like in the in the the back end of survivors like run yeah. here the last like five six seven years every vote it's nothing more than just like well we're not you know if you remember in the beginning it was like alliances right now it's like well i don't really like you but you know i'm gonna vote with you this week and we'll next, reevaluate yeah, and next, then next week next week when you're i'm gonna yeah, vote your ass out when you're a bigger threat because we got that guy off. yeah i mean <laughs> yeah it's nothing is like literally like they they literally said that <laughs> this was a great line from wetzel today on on the yahoo pod kevin warren who was a lawyer and went to notre dame law said that uh one of my law professors, you know, told me that if you have to sign a contract, then you probably shouldn't have gone into business with so-and-so in the first place. And what's was like, I don't think there's ever been a lawyer that said, don't sign a contract. What lawyer would ever say, don't sign a contract? I mean, the, you should be fired as a lawyer. Jim Phillips from the ACC legitimately said, like, we don't need a contract because we looked into each other's eyes. Like this is literally two months after, is it even been two months? That, no. Like I think the blood is not, is still not yet dry and Bob Bowlesby's back from Greg Sankey stabbing him with a knife. <laughs> right. Like you guys they were, were on, the, on the expansion committee for together. Two years. Two years. Two years. And, and then, you just take their his two best teams, and these guys have the nerve to sit up there and talk about trust, and we don't need a contract, and because we looked into each other's eyes, like I mean, like, and literally, like, go f yourself. Like, if you are that, <laughs> you are that narcissistic, that self-absorbed, like, get the fuck out of here. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. But then you have like some of these cultural media people just lapping this shit up. Like it's like it's actual stuff. Like they gave these like bullet points of diversity and Olympic sport. And I'm I'm like, you needed an alliance to focus on those things. Like, shouldn't that be like why you're an AD in the first place? Like it's, it is literally about the SEC pulled one over on us. All of our fans are angry. Then, need, here's the thing. Need to here's the it, thing. We need to make it look like we know what the hell is going on. Here's the thing. The SEC didn't pull one over on anybody other than the reality of they did what everybody else wanted to do. Sure. Like the, the, the Big Ten would have taken Texas and Oklahoma in a millisecond. Yeah, if, the, if those two schools called any of those other conferences and was like, we'd like to join, what are they going to say? Well, no, I'm sorry. I, we, we have an alliance, and I, I, I have – they trust me, and I, I looked into their – like, you all would – they all would have taken them. Like, they just didn't get in them. In a that, heartbeat. And the whole, like, we have 41 schools that are aligned. And I'm like, no, you don't. Because Ohio State and Oregon State or Ohio State and Wake Forest, other than playing sports and being universities, don't have anything in common. So don't say that you're all aligned. Like you're all 
out for different things, and that's fine. Well, that's where it gets interesting, right? Is the first time that something is good for two of the three, but not for the third. The ACC doesn't make any sense being in this. Like the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. They've been together forever. They've had a scheduling alliance for 10 years already. They've had an alliance together since the start of the fucking Rose Bowl, right? Well, and just the, the, the universities are very similar. The mission statements are very similar. Like, Just having the ACC tag along is – I don't really know why. I mean, they don't – because Well, here's why. Because if they don't bring in the ACC, what happens? The SEC says, oh, you guys are aligned? Okay, well, we're aligned with the, with the ACC. Well, the SEC is just going to take Clemson and Florida State at some point anyway. Probably, yeah. I did also enjoy the comment of when the Big 12 was brought up, and I don't know, I think it was the ACC's commissioner said, like – we need a strong Big 12, and a Big 12, a strong Big 12 is good for FBS football, and we will be monitoring their situation. And someone was like, if you, if you need a strong Big 12, why didn't you just have them join your alliance? That would have made them stronger. Right? <laughs> this shit is so dumb. It's so dumb. Like, but, but it's insulting just, our intelligence. It is insulting, but yet we have people that cover the sport that lap it up. Like, like that they actually said something. There we go. All right. Here we go. Here's the bullet points. I've been looking for this. Student athlete mental and physical health, safety, and wellness and support. You need because those. there's nothing there's nothing that screams uh, health, safety, and wellness than, you know, regularly making teams fly from North Carolina to Oregon to play games. <clears throat> Strong academic experience and support. You weren't doing that already? You, you had to align to do that? We need, Diversity, we need, we equity, those, and inclusion. We needed those other teams in order to, to do that at the highest level. Social justice. Gender equality. What, what, are, we, what are we talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't even make any sense. Now we get to the reality. Yeah, Future like, structure of the NCAA. They buried the actual things that matter. Right. <laughs> Federal legislative efforts. Postseason championships and future formats. Which all it is, like you said, it's a voting block, but they can't say it's a voting block because that would be antitrust. Right. But we're not stupid. It's a voting block. 41 to 16 yeah, the, right the now Pac, is where they're at. The Pac-12 guy even said, he's like, it's not a voting block, but I'm pretty sure we're going to be aligned on most voting issues. It's a voting block. <laughs> it's a voting block. But either Dumb way. son of a bitch. Let's, let's shift this to actual UC stuff. So the Pac-12 is not expanding. Oh. Surprise. <laughs> If, if everyone could see my face right now, it's I am I'm floored. I cannot believe it. Are you kidding? That can't be real. So we've we've seen some stuff start to come out from the Big Twelve. They don't have a choice now. They no, have they to don't. stay together. 
They could have paid have me. To stay they could have literally paid me like five hundred bucks, and I would have told them that a month ago. And <laughs> they wouldn't have had to deal with all this nonsense. Oliver Luck is now uh, a consultant. So they're wasting the- money on him. I could tell them <laughs> the exact same shit that he's going to tell them. And uh, they don't have a choice but to expand. Yet it sounds like they're still fighting expansion. Because they can still, like, there is there is more to this than just, like, we lost two really good football programs. Like, Yes, that is what the, that is the headline of this all. And you get when you get down into it a little bit, like they can still keep their autonomous five status, which yeah. gives them money, more money than like the AAC is getting. If they added teams and just continued down the path that they're on, sure, you're not as good as you were, but you're a hell of a lot better than you could be. So do you want to still, like, do you want to be the fifth? I mean, you're still going to be the fourth or fifth, quote unquote, best conference. You're going to make, you're going to make less money than you're used to making. But you're still going to be part of these bullshit bowl tie-ins. You're still going to be part of the voting block of the autonomous five that makes legislation for the rest of college football, you're still going to get the higher cut of the playoff money than the American, the Mac, the Sunbelt, all of those leagues. So, like, get on with it, fellas. Like, like I said, how many podcasts ago? You're all going to walk back in and go, yeah, I didn't get a – it's like Bachelor. I didn't get a rose either. I guess we're stuck with each other. Yeah, no shit. I could have told you that two months ago. Yeah. And that was your whole original point when you talked about the AAC rating the Big 12. Right. But I I just don't... But that point was from the AAC standpoint of like... Yeah. I'm not saying if I was the Big 12 teams, that's what I would want to do. I was saying like if I was the AAC, that's what I would try to do. Right, because nobody wants them, and now it, right. is, it is abundantly clear because if they do of, not want to be together. Because if one of those schools, if someone would have wanted one of those schools, then they would. Then it would, who knows what would happen? So that's why I was like, if I'm the AAC, I'm going after those schools right now. Going, you can't trust those guys. You can't trust that guy. If if they end up going somewhere, you're screwed. If you guys just come here, you'll be you'll be fine. You'll be a little worse off than what you're used to being, but you're not going to be school this this and this because we're not taking all of you right it's it, it is astonishing astonishing how short-sighted that conference is that's this is what i've said on a million dude i'm so i've got to start saying no to podcasts and radio appearances because <laughs> it's been non-stop for like two weeks now um, and but what's been interesting is you get to hear all the different like yeah the other well everybody's everybody's take on realignment is slanted towards what's best for their school right yeah so I was on I've been doing a, a, a podcast with some guys that cover ECU since like 2018 whenever you see an ECU play whenever there's a season preview whatever I hop on yeah. those guys and they're really good but every take was what do we have to do to make sure ECU doesn't get screwed? 
And it's like, well, that's that's not how this works. Like, we've been there. I've played this game before, and I'm leery about joining any iteration of this remaining Big 12. Right. Because it feels like the Big East. Like, they don't trust each other. They don't necessarily like each other. They're together because they have to be. The only it's not the same because you don't have the basketball, football dynamic. Well, and the only difference now is because of this, they now know that they don't have the value without Oklahoma and Texas that they thought they did. And yeah. none, of, none of them are in markets where that will ever change. Right. Like, Maybe TCU? I don't think. They're just, it's too small of a school. But I'm saying they're in a market where it's, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's here's my they're at least in a relevant market. If That's somebody all I'm wanted saying. these teams by now, they'd have taken them. Correct, correct. I'm not I'm not denying that. I'm just saying, but that also furthers my point. There's maybe one that is in a market that matters. Maybe one, maybe the rest. Stillwater, Ames. No, they're. I mean, yeah. Lubbock, come on. Nobody gives a shit about you people. Well, at least from a conference realignment standpoint. Yes, yeah, so I'm sure there are several nice people in all of this. I, yeah, I, I, I spent the night except, in, uh, J- except Jamie Pollard. You <laughs> can go jump in a river. I spent the night in Manhattan, Kansas once. I'll be interested to see what he does next year when Matt Campbell's coaching Michigan. That guy is a piece of work. Like, imagine, imagine believing that Iowa State matters because they've had one good run under a coach from Ohio. Yeah. But anyway, like, it does. I did one of the podcasts I did today was a guy that was an Iowa State fan. And it took it took everything I had to be, you know, to not. He was a really nice guy. It was a good podcast. It was interesting. He asked good questions. He didn't know who Sauce Gardner was. Mm, that's okay. I mean, I don't expect everybody to know everybody. I don't know all yeah. their best players. I mean. <clears throat> right. But it took me everything not to unleash my anti-Iowa State uh, rhetoric. <laughs> but, you know, there's people that have anti-UC rhetoric. I get it. It, it is right. what it is on that front. Right. And it's. It's becoming, and I don't know how fast it's going to go. It, it's obviously, it's, it's just going to depend on how quick they get to a resolution on Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. Like, I can't see them adding anybody until they know when they're leaving. Which is dumb. Right. Like, you, it's know dumb. Le- you know they're leaving. They're leaving. At, at latest in four years. So why don't you just go ahead and say, like, we're going to add these schools and let those schools give their fair warning so that they don't have to pay over like UConn did. Right. And, and, then, and then you go, it, like, just say UC, UCF, BYU, uh, Houston. I'm just throwing out four teams. Like, they're going to join us in the start of X year, regardless of what Texas and Oklahoma do. And that and way- you tell them, look, if there are any exit fees, 
you're that not are getting collected. It. You're not you getting them. Right, those you're are not getting it. That's right. Those and I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't expect them. Right. To, like I wouldn't either. You see, didn't do anything to earn money from Texas and Oklahoma. Right. They weren't. They weren't there when when they walked out. Like, but the longer you wait, the more you prevent those teams from starting the rise to the next step. It doesn't well, make long, any the longer, sense. The longer you wait, you just allow, and 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 this may be a five percent chance of happening. But the longer you wait, you allow other crazy shit to happen. Yeah, but my point being more like, okay, so Cincinnati's it, hypothetically, right. Cincinnati joins the Big Twelve. You're going to have an opportunity to recruit more in the Southwest. You're going to have an opportunity to to recruit a little bit more in Texas. You know, you're, you're going to be able to expand your footprint a little bit. Why wouldn't you want them to have the ability to start you can, doing that you immediately? Can brag, you can brag about now we have two right. top 10 teams in our conference. I, I just don't get it. Like, I don't get the short-sighted ignorance of we're just going to stay where we're at at eight. At eight. Well, it's because right now they still don't, they still haven't fully grasped that, like, it's you're midnight. out. It's midnight and we're at the bar and Miss America is not walking through that door. Like you take what you can get. She walked through the door. Two of them. At a, at a different and, bar. And, and at a much well, nicer no. at a much nicer bar. And walked out with Greg Sankey. Yeah. But <laughs> no, they're holding out hope that and I think today with what the Pac-12 said, and it's the Big Ten was never gonna add any of those schools. And neither was the ACC. It was really a wing and a prayer by like Texas Tech, hope, hoping and praying that they were going to somehow go to that Pac-12, which was never going to happen. Yeah. So I think maybe now that they've realized the situation, does it move any faster? Probably not. But at least you now have some level of like, okay, what do we do now? Cause we're not in this Alliance thing. Like we're clearly on the outside. Like, yeah, we're you're, five. A, you're as on the, you're as on the outside as the AAC and maybe worse right now, because you just don't have any idea what's going on with your conference. Yeah. Like we can make fun of the AAC and say, we don't want to, we, as you see, don't want to play some of those teams anymore. It's at least very stable as stable as a conference in their situation can be. Right. Like UC has at least shown that, unlike UConn, that the conference is not a detriment to your success. Um, so it's, it's the just, funny thing is, how much different could this all have been if they stood pat for one more year? Yeah. And could have been a fit for the ACC. Yep. I, oh well, the short-sightedness of those idiots is hilarious in the uh, in retrospect. But could have had an impact on UC. UC and Connecticut could have gone to the ACC as a pair. Yeah, and Connecticut couldn't. They they couldn't play their cards right. But they if, went all in the, with a pair of fours. If the Big Twelve does expand, like it's getting, I don't want to say harder and harder, but like. 
it's very difficult to see how that doesn't involve UC. Agreed. If they and expand. if nothing happens, if nothing happens, UC's if they don't expand, then those teams are someone's coming to the AAC. Like they're not sticking at eight. Like what in two no. years is there just going to be an eight team conference? I wouldn't think so. They're, they're a ten team conference with two teams leaving. So you, you really think in two those two years, teams? There's no chance they're there in two years. There's no about, chance. That's what I've always said. They're going to figure it because I mean it's not beneficial for anybody. It's certainly not beneficial for Oklahoma and Texas. Like, how are you recruiting to that? Right. <clears throat> and Texas A&M is also in the SEC. So now the dominant power, recruiting power in the state of Texas. Well, that's Oklahoma. Are both in the a <laughs> and done pretty good. But I'm like, all of those, okay, so great. Let's take those three. Right. All the kids from Texas are going to the SEC. Wouldn't you at least try to mix it up, to, to try to give yourself some hope of life support? Or just you die. Die just vine, slowly man. die on the vine. Uh, it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, I don't, I don't have a whole lot more. Daniel Skilling's visiting uh, for the Miami game. There's still something in the works for that day. Keep open maybe a little window in the, the afternoon. Does, what the hell does that mean? For basketball, there's a little, you know, I think there's a little NIL basketball thing that might be in the works for that before oh. the game. Oh, it's like. Not a UC deal. It's an NIL deal for, you know, everybody's going to be on campus. Maybe try to build a little, a little love, a little excitement for the basketball team. All right. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Skillings, obviously, as you know, we've talked about him quite a bit over, you know, since since July when I got the chance to see him. Uh, it's really good. It'd be a great addition. It's his first official visit. Uh, I know there were a bunch of other schools trying to align themselves for that first official visit and Cincinnati got it. So that is uh, that is an important factor there. Um. Keith Williams to Western Kentucky. Best of luck to Keith. Four good yep. years as a Bearcat. Yes. You know, wish him well. Secure the bag. <laughs> old, uh, old Rick Stansberry. It looks like the out-of-conference slate is done. Evansville, Georgia, Alabama A&M, Presbyterian, the MTE, multiple-team event. Uh, Xavier, Texas Southern, Bryant, Tennessee Tech, Florida A&M, at Miami of Ohio, and Monmouth. That's your out-of-conference basketball schedule. Great. Yeah. Net rankings from last year. Has that been released? That has not been released, but (laughs) through through media reports, a lot of teams have – a lot of these opponents have released their schedule. Right. So – that's yeah, so you just, we have you pieced them together. We've pieced everything together. The only one I don't think is announced yet is Monmouth, which I I put that one on the on the board a couple weeks ago or a week or two ago. 
I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you little, any. Is that little short guy still play for them when they made the NCAA tournament, or is that, is that too long ago? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. King Rice still um, the coach. They were 193 in the net last year. So one, Ooh. two, three, four, five, six, seven. Potentially seven games in the net that were that are inside the top 200. Uh, and then six that are outside, which we expected to be this to be a uh, a schedule that had some some cupcakes. Um, you can talk about Imani Bates and Jalen Duran. It would be so Memphis if they screwed this up. Oh, yeah, and they kind of did already. We'll see what comes of it. It could be a situation where the NCAA is just like, hey, look, we're not equipped to handle this just yet. <laughs> uh, but I guess with the money Bates, they like they basically told him, you know, we're we're going to get you enough money from FedEx to match or beat whatever, you know, the G League Ignite or right. or Overtime Elite was going to pay you, which, based on the structure of what the NCAA rules say against name, image, and likeness. Uh, you can't use it to entice recruits to come to your school. Right. Uh, what did you think people were going to do? Right. And also your coaching staff can't, can't have anything to do with setting it up. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. Good God. Um, good for the conference, right? Yeah. Until they're held out of games. <laughs> The thing is, the thing that's more interesting about them now is they actually do have, like, some veterans. Yeah. Some guys that have been on the roster a couple years. Um, I was interesting that Monty Bates said he's going to play point guard, which that would be the most – you take one of the more prolific high school scorers of the past generation and you move him to point guard so he can be a distributor. Yeah. Okay. If you say so, Jalen Duran. I don't know how much you've seen of him, Dave. That kid's a monster. A whole bunch of nothing. He's kind of like uh, the next like Bam Adebayo when Bam yeah, was coming okay. out. Big, like he looks like when you look at him, you're like, how are you not 27 years old? Yeah, you're not supposed to have muscles on muscles at at 18. Right. He kind of looks like that. Uh, Josh Reed has Cincinnati in his top five. Jalen Martin has Cincinnati in his top seven. Uh, so those are two, you know, solid forward wing type options. Um, working on confirming official visit dates for them. I'm um, just trying to stall. We're like seven, seven, eight minutes away, Dave. Yeah, I know. So any, anytime, you don't care? Anytime you want to wrap this up, I'm good. You, 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 I mean, we're, we're almost there. You don't want to just get it over with? No. I'm going to keep this going as long as possible. <laughs> we didn't watch – I didn't want to get to watch Let It Fly tonight. Yet. I'm going to watch it when we get done. I didn't get to watch it beforehand. Did you? Okay. Uh, yes. Is it good? Yeah, it was good. Some, like, fickle home stuff. Some on-campus stuff. Did they uh, do the Jawan Briggs interview finally? Yeah, did some John Briggs stuff, some Alec Pierce, Ryan Royer engineer stuff. 
so yeah. no John Williams. They just left him out of. No, the... they left him out. He was he was, <laughs> he was out. He was out. What well, did I? Did either any of us make a cameo? Did you see any of us in the? They have I, carefully I, edited us yeah, out of I was, everything. I was uh, watching, but not able to like look in the background. Yeah, I was yeah, wasn't like laser focused. I mean, wouldn't the funny thing here to be get to get to one fifty nine? No, leave everybody no. hanging. No, yeah, I mean, get as close as you want. I mean, I'm just gonna unplug my <laughs> earphone. Like, that's not fair. That's sure not fair is. at all. No, it's not. I think it's very fair. Why? Because I don't have. Because I said so. Yeah, you're becoming I, you're becoming dad Dave. Because I don't have anything else to say, and I'm not just gonna fill dead air. And you guys went for two hours and seventeen minutes the other night, so we did. You know. We're bringing four hours of content to Bearcat fans a week before the season starts. Yeah, well, I think we gave them a lot tonight. <laughs> Justin Williams next week. Hopefully we'll we'll oh by the way, can you can you do the uh pregame show at Mio's two hours before kickoff for Miami? I don't know, maybe. I'll have to think about it. Why? Because I'm gonna have to probably be at this NIL thing for basketball. I no, think I probably not. I mean, it's the first game, man. You, I haven't been to a tailgate in how how many months? See I'm, the argument I tried to make against when people were like, You think Dave will do it? And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm not walking all the way to Mio's and uh, doing that. I got tailgating, way too much tailgating to do. Even for free drinks, free pizza? I got all that in my tailgate, man. You have to buy the drinks at your tailgate. No, I just have to take them out of my fridge. You bought them right, and put so? them in your fridge. Yeah, it's all right. No, I'll quit stalling. We we came close, everybody. Nice try. If we had another like six or seven minute topic, I might have. Your best bet is next week. Yeah, the best bet is next week. Schedule. So me, Dave, and Justin. We'll see. Good luck. We'll see if we can. Still not gonna happen. We'll see if we can get them to the finish line. And no, look, you got to promise next week. No unplugging at the end. <laughs> if there's just, still just, thing, if there's still things to legitimately talk about, then I will continue to talk. Right. Me, I do. I do not have any interest in we, just like rambling for the sake of getting to two hours. We got close. We got about ten minutes short this week. We've been rambling for six minutes. Yeah. All right. That's it. Stay tuned for details on Mio's. I'm trying to work things out to, to make sure everything happens. And uh, next week, Justin Williams will join us to preview the Bearcats 2021 season game by game. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. Huge thanks to Anthony DeFino. What's his official title? Uh, I don't know. Something. Associate, Associate Athletic, Athletic Director. Director. Ticket sales. Game day experience. I don't know. Important shit. Associate Athletic Director, important shit. How's that? Yeah. All right. We'll see you next time. It's the Holy Grail. 
BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.